0: It's Tuesday, October 31st. Welcome to the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Happy Halloween, whether you're home or heading home. Thanks for joining us on the show today. A reminder as well to take extra caution out there on the road with many trick-or-treaters out there. we got lots to talk about today. At 4 o'clock, we continue our series, The Next Million, as we look at the challenges of adding, adding another million people to the region by 2050. Today, we look at how we should govern the region, considering we have 23 authorities running the region with 2.8 million people is that still the right way to go when our population is three point eight million by twenty 20- 50. That's at 4 p.m. But first, let's focus on our top story and look at the carbon tax. Now, on paper, economists generally agree that imposing a price on carbon has to be an integral part of any plan to cut emissions. Then, of course, came last week. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau surprised many, saying Ottawa will pause the federal carbon tax on home heating oil in Atlantic Canada, Ontario, and the Prairie Provinces. Now, the Trudeau government's carbon tax was being blamed for significant unhappiness in the Atlantic Provinces, with the federal policy was introduced earlier this year to replace a patchwork of inconsistent uh, provincial policies. Now, the repercussions of that announcement last week are profound. And since last week, it's driven debate uh, in this province and many other provinces across the country as well. The BC NDP is now facing pressure to reduce the provincial carbon tax. Uh, Home heating oil uh, is less common here in BC than other parts of the country. In fact, only 1.8% of British Columbians uh, use home heating oil. That's still 39,000 BC households, though. Now, the carbon tax when it was brought in by 2008 was supposed to alter behavior. What Trudeau's announcement, certainly to this host, says, it acknowledges cost is indeed becoming a financial burden to average Canadians, and by boosting the rebate, the government seems to admit its plan was not revenue revenue neutral. Well, today, Kevin Falcon, leader of BC United, said he would eliminate the provincial fuel tax, currently at about 15 cents per litre on gasoline and diesel, and remove the carbon tax on all home uh, heating fuels as well. Mr. Falcon and spoke to the press earlier today, take a listen. We held it at $30
1: a ton recognizing that we had to think about the affordability and the impact on British Columbians. Government today has lost the plot and they've taken away the returning the dollars to uh, British Columbians, the tax shift portion, they've now turned it into a tax grab and they now are marching that up to levels which will be devastating for families in British Columbia and I cannot support that. When circumstances change, and you see the impacts it's having on people, and importantly, you also do not see reduced emissions resulting from it, that's when you've got to pivot and look at other things that we can do to achieve better
0: outcomes. That was Kevin Falcon speaking earlier today. He's BC United leader, and he joins us now. Mr. Falcon, thank you for joining us. And thanks for having me. So yeah. I apologize for the long introduction, but I think it's such a complex issue. We do need to sort of uh, agree on some facts at the end of the day. Your party introduced yeah. at the time uh, the carbon tax in 2008. Was that a tough decision today to come out and say, look, we are going to, some would argue, eliminate certain parts of the carbon tax, but also halt it at where it's at right now?
1: Well, Sure, of course, because when we introduced it uh, back in 2008, I was very proud of that. Uh, it was at $10 a ton uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. You may recall the NDP actually fought against it, fought an election campaign against it. Axe the it, tax is what they the called tax. it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we, we marched it up to about $30 a ton. And then when I was finance minister in 2012, I actually said we're freezing it at $30 because we were seeing reduced emissions, but I didn't want to have the increase cause pain for families. And at that rate, Literally, it was six cents a liter for gas. So that meant if you filled up a typical thirty-five, sorry, seventy-five liter gas tank, you're paying about five bucks. The problem we have now is it's more than doubled under this NDP. So you're now paying fourteen cents a liter, and they're going to double it again to thirty-seven cents a liter. Um, that's almost you know thirty dollars just in the carbon tax for your increase. Or sorry for filling up your tank. And what I've said is look. At a time when we're seeing families really, really struggling, um, this just isn't acceptable. People aren't prepared to have to pay that price, especially when they're not seeing emissions reductions. So what we announced today was basically four quick things, Mm -hmm. if I could quickly. Eliminate the provincial fuel tax permanently. That's $0.15 a litre, depending on where you live. Secondly, end the uh, EB's future uh, planned tax hikes on carbon tax because they want to double it again. That's not affordable. Three- It's got to come off of home heating. If the Prime Minister has appropriately given flexibility in the East Coast to say, you know what, we're not going to charge it to you folks because we want to give you a break, well, that should absolutely apply to British Columbia, whether you're on home heating oil or whether you're on natural gas. It's got to be a level playing field. And finally, uh, we've also said the carbon tax should not apply to our farmers, ranchers, and agricultural sector because that's driving up the cost of food, that we eat off our plates and we buy in grocery stores. So all four of those things would make a dramatic tax relief for a lot of British Columbians.
0: Okay, and I understand where you're coming from there. Now, when I said the, off the top here that you know economists would generally agree that you impose a carbon tax, it's part of the integral part of, of, of- cutting emissions, which would mean changing behavior. In the last two weeks on this show, we did a segment on General Motors not being able to hit their 400,000 EV target for mid-2024 where basically they're saying that we 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 are selling EVs, but at a much slower pace because the folks that who can afford the $60,000, $70,000 EVs have already bought them, and the uptick now it's a lot slower. Yes, they're increasing, but at a much slower pace, so we're not going to be able to hit our targets. At the same time, you have Exxon and Chevron, both doubling down purchasing other fossil fuel companies i think the purchase combined were about 120 billion dollars in other words fossil fuel companies are betting on fossil fuel companies we know uh, climate change is real so it, based on that context in regards to carbon tax was supposed to change behavior a do you think it's changed behavior and two why not just eliminate carbon tax because if it's many people would argue it's not changing behavior technology is what we should be focusing on not the behavior side
1: Yeah, well, I was asked this question at the press conference. They said to me, you know, Kevin, if two years from now there's a federal election and the government of the day uh, says we're getting rid of the carbon tax, what does that mean for B.C.? And I said, listen, I'm not going to allow us to be disadvantaged. The only jurisdiction that at that time we'd be paying almost $100 a ton in carbon tax, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the only jurisdiction having our residents pay carbon tax. So if it goes federally, it goes provincially. And I'll tell you this, it's not because I don't think carbon tax can be part of a solution for dealing with climate change, but I can tell you this, it can't be on the backs of British Columbians. Right now you've got people literally, I hear this from the grocery stores, people are buying far less vegetables and buying far more processed food to try and save costs for their family. You've got seniors that are having to make decisions about, you know, um, whether they can afford a meal. They're literally going to food banks now trying to, to make ends meet. And in that climate, You cannot have a government that says, we don't care, we're just going to continue to ratchet up the cost of of carbon tax, which is what the provincial NDP is going to do. They want to double it again in the next seven years. It's not acceptable.
0: I just want to confirm this from you at this point. If Pierre Polyev is elected prime minister of Canada in the next federal election and he kills the carbon tax, would you kill the carbon tax here in British Columbia? Yes or no? Yes. You would just kill it? Yes. Uh, Where would you find the revenue? Next year, the carbon tax is expected to hit almost $3 billion in revenue, actually a little bit over $3 billion in revenue for the provincial government. You still have significant health care demands. You have significant demands on post-secondary and primary education. Where would you find the $3 billion? Well,
1: first of all, it's an excellent question. First of all, you want to get it by growing the economy growing the economy by having the private sector grow, having the confidence to know that this is a place you want to invest dollars, create jobs, build futures, raise a family. And what's happening now is we've had 29 new or increased taxes under this NDP government. And I think it's really important for your listeners to know this. Forget what I say. Just look at the results. We've become, whether we like it or not, the media has reported this, the most unaffordable province in the entire country. Mm -hmm. We have the highest home prices in North America the highest rents in Canada, the highest fuel taxes in North America. Mm -hmm. These are not good results. And they're the results of governments constantly adding more costs onto taxpayers, uh, whether they do it directly or indirectly. So what do I do? I say, let's grow the economy, reduce the cost for British Columbians. We can do that. We've done it before. Let's do it again. Keep the, you know, so families can feel like they've got some extra dollars to go out and, and guess what they do? They spend it. They go out and they buy cars and they'll, go out for family dinners, and we get that back in the taxes in a growing economy. So we can't lose sight of that reality. This government, frankly, has lost the plot.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, final question. Uh, the, it was, the carbon tax was brought in under Gordon Campbell in 2008, as you said. Uh, you now said if uh, the federal government kills it, you would kill the carbon tax here in British Columbia. Is that safe to say that it was probably a mistake to, to, to head in this direction in the first place?
1: No, because I actually would argue that the carbon tax was very effective, especially in the early years before this government started really cranking it up. You know, we had public support. Uh, we were getting emissions reductions. Uh, the New York Times wrote about it and said, yes, they, you know, there's, there's an example of a success that can work. But remember, anytime you do these kind of things, you have to do it in the context of what can people afford? You have to bring the public along with you. You can't just say, okay, that's it. We're not going to make it a tax shift anymore, as the NDP did. We're going to now take it all into the province and take that. And then we're going to keep cranking it up on you and pretend that we're going to give you these tiny rebates that don't come close to the net cost that it's costing you and your family and pretend that that's somehow solving the problems. It's not. And the public's caught on to that, and they're not going to support it anymore. The original carbon tax, I would argue, made sense. It was fair. It was balanced. It was not unreasonable. And we enjoyed public support for doing it. I think where we've ended up today, as I said earlier, governments have lost the plot, and we've got to get back to saying the British Columbians, we're going to do big, great things for the climate, and we will. I can't wait till we roll out our climate policy. But on the other hand, we've got to make sure that it's not in the back of the uh, citizens of this province that are seeing continued growth in emissions while they're continuing to pay uh, unaffordable amounts of
0: tax. Kevin Falcon, thank you for your time today. really appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me, Jeff.